into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. everybody good morning welcome to episode number 501 it is friday november 24th 2023 welcome to simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing podcast i am your host dr gerald Lozier, coming to you from the mobile studio and over the next 45 minutes me you jim lunn who's back in the chair adam v senfilis marcus kyler with the yeats <laughs> just a bite kelly ferguson dream logic kenneth ruff joseph first in chat today francis stockel Team Live, Jewish Him, Chris Young, my man, Marine Corps Love, Anusha, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So if you're looking to break in the industry, we got you covered. Or if you are trying to drive cyber risk reduction <laughs> for your organization, you are in luck because we are going to be giving you not just the top stories so you can stay on top of everything, but also context on what those stories mean. So how can you implement it, operationalize it at your business <clears throat> for your business stakeholders in a very delicate way so you're not telling them, um, oh, oh, my Carl button didn't work. Oh no, oh no. Oh, looks like we might have uh, manual sound effects today. Uh, I got some sound effects. I guess we'll figure out as I go which ones, but basically driving cyber risk reduction for Carl. All right, now before we dig into the show, I am in the mobile studio, so we are going to have some hijinks and some unexpected speed bumps, but that's okay. Want to give a shout out and love to stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? There isn't there isn't any level of turkey food coma that's going to slow barricade cyber solutions down because they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Give me a moment as we pause for slugging coffee. Mm. So good. So good. All right. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi, another business that's not going to let a uh, turkey food coma, pecan pie, pumpkin pie coming at you slow you down panopsi if you need help straightening out your information security program get a vc so who can come in and straighten you out let me get in camera frame here get a vc so who can come in and straighten you out and help you um basically set yourself up for success in 2024 don't go it alone guys not everybody knows everything 
And if you need a little bit of help with your program and getting it put on the straight and narrow, Panopsi.com, Brandon Poole, tell them Jerry sent you. I am on the board of advisors for full disclosure, so uh, just be mindful of that. Also, anti-siphon training, but more about them at the mid-roll. Guys, I am super, super pumped to be here, but I want all of you to know that because you're here, you are entitled to a half a CPE. So each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, on November 24th is worth half a CPE. So say what's up in chat, hashtag team live if you're live with us, or if you are watching on replay, replay gets, uh, it counts too for replay. So take a screen cap, screen cap file it in a uh, folder on your desktop there. And when it comes time for CPEs, it's no big deal. You just literally count the number of screenshots you have, multiply it by 0.5, kick it, kick a hole in the speaker, pull the plug, and then jet, because you're not worried about CPEs anymore. Plus, might I add that the level of networking is unparalleled inside the Simply Cyber community. All this people in chat right now, I know it's only 153 of you. I'm not surprised, guys. A lot of us are uh, on travel. A lot of us are dealing with uh, Thanksgiving requirements. Uh, maybe some of you are doing Black Friday shopping, even though Black Friday started on Tuesday this year. Holy crap, this coffee's good. All right. All right, guys, we got a great show for you. Uh, just so everybody knows, I do not prep or prepare for any of these stories. So you're literally getting my raw, rough, rugged and raw, un unsolicited um, thoughts on each of these stories. Also, fun fact, CISO series, if you're a regular member of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast, the, um, the podcast is typically delivered by CISO series. They are not uh, available today. So uh, BSEC and myself actually curated stories from um, the cyber community, and we've had AI build the audio. This is a whole new, um, a whole new idea, and actually something we're beta testing because honestly, guys, uh, sometimes CISO series I, I appreciate them, I like them, but sometimes they choose stories that, you know, aren't the most pressing stories at the moment that we really should be talking about. So if we can take over, um, like control freaks and, and de de decide what stories we're covering. I'm all about that. Uh, so this is a beta test. Let us know in chat what your thoughts are. Uh, but I am super pumped, guys. All right. Hopefully everybody had a great um, Thanksgiving or a great, you know, a little time off. We're getting into the, the long weekend here, spending time with those we love. But guys, let's do this. Let's settle in. Let me Let me kill this. Let me kill this. All right, very good. All right, guys. So sit back, relax. Hold on. Shall we play a game? All right, so that that uh, sound effect works. Hey, Dave Potesta. Hey, Amica. Good to see you. Good to see you, my dancing girl. Good to see you. Love the spicy emotes. All right, guys. Sit back, relax, and we're going to try a brand new format of delivering the news. So uh, <laughs> let's see what happens. Multi-stage phishing attacks are here. Phishing attacks have evolved to use sophisticated methods like QR codes, CAPTCHAs, and steganography, making them more deceptive. Cybercriminals use QR codes, quishing, to bypass traditional text-based spam filters, exploit CAPTCHAs to hide credential harvesting forms on fake websites, and employ steganography to hide malicious code in seemingly harmless media-like images or documents. These multi-layered techniques significantly increase the difficulty in detecting and preventing phishing attacks. Windows. All right, so check it out. Um... First of all, uh, this is a BSEC story. Very nice, BSEC. Uh, Multi-stage phishing attacks exploiting all the, all the things you can think of, QR captures, stenography. Now, if you're not uh, familiar, 
Happy birthday, Joel Belton. Can we get Joel Belton a happy birthday in chat? Uh, let's. Wow. Okay, so my wow sound effect isn't working. Also, um, hopefully this one works. Nope. Okay, we are going to have some issues. <laughs> I can't test all the things uh, coming into it. But everybody, happy birthday, Joel Belton. All right, multi-stage fishing attacks, guys. Fishing has evolved significantly over I don't know the last twenty years. Uh, the thing is. Everybody can get a fish, right? Like you can, threat actors can send an email. Threat actors can text message you. Uh, you can't stop a text message from coming in. Yeah, once it comes in, you can report junk or block it or whatever, but you can't stop the initial, you know, attack, if you will. Also, um, yes, we have corporate email security gateways that can be tuned or come pre-configured in order to help uh, reduce the amount of bull crap that's coming in. But still, even with the millions of emails that get blocked every day, some get through and they get right into Carl. Carl! All right, hold on. I am going to try to get this Carl. Uh, so my bro my brother is here uh, in in live, uh, not live chat, but he's live with me right now. And he has never heard the Carl sound effect. So I, I do want him to hear this. Uh, I think it would be uh, advantageous for him to really uh, get that. So anyways, here is the TLDR for you guys. Um, as I'm doing production stuff at the same time. Threat actors are leveraging all of the capabilities that they possibly can to push phishing. Here's the deal. For every security control that we put into protecting from phishing, threat actors are going to continue to try to circumvent and get around them. Why? Because at the end of the day, phishing is so effective and so successful at what they do that there's no reason for them to pivot like completely into a different direction. And they mentioned in here QR codes. QR codes, the stupid, you can see it on stream right now. It's the stupid like, you know, graphical noisy thing. A lot of corporate businesses are starting to use this like in their slide decks and webinars um, up in the corner to go get more information. People use it to push to uh, Bitcoin wallets because it's easier than showing like the 64 karat uh, character uh, Bitcoin wallet thing. But the QR codes can get through. And if you say, hey, listen, um, thanks, James McQuiggan with the super chat. Um, James? Oh, okay, here we go. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. Uh, real quick, Rick. My, again, my brother's right off camera. He's never seen the show before. Uh, we have sound effects for everything. And if the sound effects break, I uh, do them manually. Carl! We have Carl now, everybody. So, Here's the TLDR. Educate your end users. At the end of the day, educate your end users. That's, I know it sounds like a broken record, but get this, guys. Right now, as we go into holiday season, people are way more prone to click on silly stuff. People are way more prone to look for that straight sick deal, right? Uh, Cyber Monday's coming up. And as all of these things, um, <laughs> as all of these things uh, come into people's inboxes, they're going to fall for them. My Aunt Dorothea literally just fell for a hey dude shoe ad thing on Facebook the other day. So it's incumbent upon us. Um, I know it's, you know, a glorious burden that we have to deal with, but we need to educate our end users that bad people are trying to take advantage of them and rob them. And, you know, just because it's 95% off Adidas slip on sandals, chances are it's a, a scam. So, you know, approach with caution. Don't just think that like, you're the one who found like the sick deal. All right, let's keep going. All right, hold on. Was a low authentication bypass on laptops. Security researchers from Blackwing Intelligence bypass Windows Hello fingerprint authentication on Dell Inspiron, Lenovo ThinkPad, and Microsoft Surface Pro X laptops. 
They exploited vulnerabilities in the embedded fingerprint sensors made by Elon, Synaptics, and Goodix. Despite Microsoft's Secure Device Connection Protocol, SDCP, designed to ensure trusted communication between the fingerprint device and the host, researchers successfully conducted man-in-the-middle attacks using a custom Linux-powered device, enabling unauthorized access. Lazarus hackers breach cyberlink in support. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. The, see, the AI doesn't have, like, you know how, like, uh, the normal CISO series stories, like, Rich Strafalino will, will take, like, a breath? AI doesn't need to breathe. AI is here to work and just get work done. So she just kind of like crushes into the next story. So uh, again, we're working through this as a new, uh, new format. Okay, so check this out. This is actually really cool. A um, lot of cool information to share with you guys in this story. Let me bring up chat so I can see you guys. A lot of cool uh, to share with you. First of all, Blue Hat, the conference right here that, that, that this guy is doing the research at, Blue Hat is the Microsoft Security Conference. Um, and it's pretty legit. If I'm not mistaken, Jason Haddock's, um, you know, Jason Haddock's of like Ubisoft, CISO, and the Red Hat, uh, Red Hat, the Red Team uh, Hacking Bug Bounty Methodology uh, fame, right? Jason, Jason, Red Team Village. Jason's amazing. If you don't know Jay Haddock's on Twitter, uh, he's an absolute must follow. Love, love the work Jay Haddock's is doing. He's such a, he's such a, um, uh, what's the word? Like, he he represents all that's good about the cyber community, so you should absolutely get with him. But Blue Hat is a really really cool conference as well. It doesn't get as much pub as like your Black Hats, your Defcons, your your uh, RSAs and stuff. But this one is really for practitioners, and it's mostly around Microsoft related security. Now, here's the TLDR on this one. I love this, by the way. For a while, like when we talk about authenticate. Hold on, I'm going to go more full screen on this one. Okay. When we, can you guys see, I got, uh, somebody tell base case that I've got the Simply Cyber flag. He was very mad that I didn't have that rocking the other day. So when we talk about abandoning passwords, which is something we absolutely should do and something that Microsoft has been driving towards over the last couple of years, very subtly, we can't just like unlock all the things. We do have to have a level of authentication between our resources and, you know, any user, including malicious users, and biometrics is a really, really solid one. Many, many of you probably use um, your face unlock for your phone or your thumbprint for whatever. AI audio is really low. Love the curated stories. Okay, um, okay, are you okay? So let me know, uh, Ferris. Think well. First of all, what did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat, Ferris. And um, mods, if you can, let me know if my the stories are too low and I can bump the audio on the stories. Um, getting back to the story, biometrics has been a really, really great one. But the problem is that biometrics, just like anything else, can be attacked in different ways. Now, back in the day, this is like going back into the, the archives, if you will, the fingerprint scanners weren't super... Uh, high quality, right? People could um, use a gummy bear and 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 peel off a fingerprint uh, off, like um, you know, uh, a mouse, uh, like not a physical mouse, but like 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 you know, like a like a mouse mouse, um, and then use it to unlock a device. People were able to take a picture of my face or your face and hold it up to a screen and be able to unlock screens. Right now, we've come a long way. If you are exploring biometric authentication mechanisms, you absolutely should be looking for FIDO2 compliant devices, FIDO2 
compliant devices. Now, what's interesting, getting back to the actual story, these security researchers were able to hack the biometric fingerprint unlocking the laptop, but they didn't do it at the top layer. No, they actually got really, really creative. And what they did was, um, you know, you put your fingerprint on, it registers as this is a legitimate print or this is an illegitimate print. So BSEC walks up to my laptop and sticks his thumb on. Now, in a perfect world, okay, okay, so the mods, the mods are, um, the mods are funny. So BSEC puts his thumb on my thing, on my laptop and it says, uh -uh, access denied. Well, what the researchers have done is they've attacked right beneath that. So when you put your fingerprint on the actual hardware device to read your fingerprint, it sends data to the computer in order to process whether or not the fingerprint is legitimate or illegitimate and then take action based on that. The researchers hacked that part of the attack, AKA adversarial in the middle, or if it's you know pre-2020, man in the middle attack. So I, I love this. This is, to me, this is the type of research that drives innovation and drives real security forward for organizations. Again, you would need physical access to the device in order to attempt to authenticate and unlock it. So the attack vector uh, is lower because it's not a remote access attack, but it is what it is. All right, let me, um, all right, so can you, all right, so all sorts of people want me to bump the audio. I appreciate that. Let's go really quickly, okay? And uh, to all of those who are, to all of those in chat who are already into the Captain's Morgan's eggnog, uh, good morning to you. <laughs> wow! All right, I'm going to fix the uh, sound effects as we go, too. Man in the middle attacks using a custom Linux powered device, enabling unauthorized access. Lazarus hackers breach CyberLink in supply chain attack. Microsoft reported that a North Korean hacking group breached Taiwanese multimedia software company CyberLink, trojanizing one of its installers to distribute malware globally. This supply chain attack, attributed to the group known as Diamond Sleet, aka Zinc, Labyrinth Chalama, Lazarus, involved a trojanized installer hosted on CyberLink's legitimate update infrastructure. The malware was detected on over 100 devices worldwide, including in Japan, Taiwan, Canada, and the U.S. New botnet malware infected slurs exploit. All right, so, you know, whatever. Again, dude, North Korea, uh, <laughs> North Korea's gross domestic product is cyber financial crime. Way to go, North Korea. Of course, I mean, you know, it makes me think mods, if you want to pull this up, the um, Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of Wall Street, rookie numbers, you know, intercontinental ballistic missiles, you know, you're not going to get Black Friday pricing on those, okay? You you need to pay premiums for intercontinental ballistic missiles, uh, and those aren't free, right? So um, North Korea, uh, <laughs> very, very strong into attacking uh, businesses in order to get money. Now, typically, they go straight after crypto cash. But um, crypto converting it into USD and fiat is uh, awfully difficult. So now, thank you very much, BSEC. So here is here is the uh, mindset over at North Korea. Uh, those are rookie numbers. You gotta you gotta pump those numbers up, North Korea. Okay, this is this is what um, Kim Jong Un saying over the cutting on the, the turkey leg off the turkey, past the stuffing, and also we gotta pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Uh, the six hundred million dollar Axie Infinity Ronin Bridge attack. We really gotta. Really got to focus on that. So they go into supply chain. This also shouldn't come as any surprise, guys. Um, 
here's the deal. I'm going to, I'm going to make this all about uh, supply chain and less about um, North Korea. Right now, guys, in our industry, so many businesses are leveraging third parties and other, you know, businesses in order to achieve their business goals because it's cheaper. Honestly, it's easier. You don't have to hire staff. You don't have to have the um, the capabilities in house. You literally can just say, "Hey, here's a piece of money. Go do this thing," or "Here's a bunch of data. Go do the analysis. Go whatever." <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm totally going to get hacked. There's Kim Jong-un uh, waving across the dinner table um, saying, you got to pump those numbers. Those are rookie numbers uh, right there. Thank you, uh, Mods. So with supply chain attack, guys, he, all I can say is, for me, this is a bigger, um, like the QR code, that's like turning the speedboat around in the in the harbor, okay? You can do it really quick. You can make up uh, a, some quick, easy learning and get Carl. <laughs> educated on what to do supply chain attacks whether it's north korea or it's other cyber criminal enterprises you really need to it's like turning a cruise ship around in the ocean you have to do it slow methodically you have to be consistent because here's the deal carl in accounting todd in research and engineering sally who's the cfo all they see is here's a service that does something that is a fraction of the cost that it's going to cost me in order to do it and they don't think Oh, I'm pushing all this data up. What's the risk? Oh, I'm opening up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing a VPN connection from this business into our business and giving them access to the entire freaking internal IP range. You see what I'm saying? So um, you have to be educating these people on here are the risks. I'm not, dude, listen to me. I'm not, I'm not pushing back on saying like, let's not use third parties and everything's got to be in-house. This isn't 1950 where you have to have monolithic businesses. You can leverage the cloud. You can leverage third parties, but you have to be deliberate about what are you giving them permission to? What do they have access to? How often are you reviewing that access? Is the data appropriate? Do you have controls in place from a security operations perspective to detect when anomalous behavior is happening? Most businesses, and this is, I'm calling everyone out here, including myself in my past, most businesses, um, will basically say, oh, we're going to use George Strasberger's business for like performance reviews. And then George Strasberger's business is like, I'm going to need access to your, you know, HR file server. And they're like, sure, no problem. Here's an inbound connection. And here's access to the entire environment. Go ahead and get what you need. And guess what? George Strasberger gets what he needs because he's a good person and he's going to go in and just get those HR files. But that's still introduces massive attack surface and risk exposure for zero reason. That Here's the problem. Mercy! Here's my big freaking problem, okay? The, the problem is people don't complain when they have over permissions because they're able to do their job and it's not an issue. This goes back to like 1995 when you would right click on a Windows folder and change the permissions to everyone and guess what? The help desk phone stops ringing because nobody has a problem anymore. The problem is you have unnecessarily increased with massive, massive amounts of attack surface and cyber risk unbeknownst to anyone in the business because one individual has the permissions to you know let it fly and not to crap on network engineers because i do love network engineers and, and a bsec is our resident network engineer giving a vpn connection inbound like business to business through the concentrator it, like yes you have access to everything right now and that's good but that is a massive 
risk, okay? Because a lot of people think, dude, corporate networks are like M&Ms. They've got like a nice hard candy shell and then a soft gooey inside. And if you can get on the inside, bro, <laughs> you're in trouble, all right? So just be mindful of that. Slowly educate your end users about um, supply chain risk. Make it, you should make it almost like your 2024, like, campaign, like, ooh, managing cyber supply chain. Chris Young had a, um, yes, VPNs do need rules too. 100%, our resident network engineer chiming in on this. I love it. Uh, Chris Young has a question. When we talk about supply chain, is it cyber specific or talking about actual business ops supply chain? Yeah, Chris Young, it's it's much more, uh, well, I mean, it's really both. It's, it's the traditional operational supply chain. That's what you should be thinking about. But in the context of cybersecurity, Chris, think of cyber as a uh, industry or as a business, not necessarily securing things, but like we get open source code and open source code, open source code comes into technologies and then those technologies get deployed. And now we're responsible as InfoSec pros for managing the risk introduced by applications and software into the environment. Also with supply chain, if you think of traditional operationals, not just manufacturing hardware and goods, but think of operational uh, goods of data, right? Data is the new gold, Chris. Get, get comfortable because I say that pretty much every show. With data being the new gold, data's flying around left and right. It's super easy to copy. It doesn't take up space in a warehouse. So people just go YOLO with data, pushing it everywhere. But that introduces supply chain risk as well. As we see at least once a week, some story of a third party getting hacked and then the big business being responsible for you know wearing the egg on their face. Um, like Boeing, right? Boeing got hacked recently by uh, Lockbit or Clop Ransomware through MoveIt. I can't remember which one. It doesn't matter. The point is, it, it was a third party who ultimately got compromised and then they went in. Also, just to go back into the archive, the Target hack of 2014, um, it was a third-party HVAC business that got hacked and then they came through and got into the um, the credit card or the, the registers through POS. All right, let's keep going. It's zero days. A Mirai-based malware botnet named Infected Slurs exploits two zero-day remote code execution vulnerabilities to infect it, routers it. and NVR devices. Discovered by Akamai, the malware incorporates devices into its DDoS swarm and is presumably rented for profit. The botnet's activity dates back to late 2022, and the vulnerabilities exploited remain unpatched by the affected vendor stock. Vulnerabilities in Adobe. All right, so check it out. Um, <laughs> hey, there's a picture of our uh, digital overlords, so uh, make sure you send them a Christmas card. Uh, make sure they're on your mailing list. Um, okay, so Mirai-based malware, infected slurs, uh, LOL, uh, exploiting two zero days in basically, um, they say routers and video recorders, but essentially this is, um, what do you call those things? Um, like CCTVs, home, home security devices, business security devices. Two things to point out here, okay? These are, this is really um, critical stuff here. Yeah, no, dude, you guys have no idea. I sent a picture um, to the mods. Let, let me just show you guys really quickly before we get into this. This is what, this. where's the picture? Where's the picture? This is what I'm looking like right now, okay? This is me real time, okay? Can we, oh wait, hold on. This is me real time, okay? This this is what we're dealing with here. Do you see what's going on here? Let me, hold on. This is my, my brother took this picture. Thank you, Rick. This is me real time. I know you're getting these. There we go. Like, like full, full socks uh, or no socks, obviously. Who the hell wears socks nowadays? Uh, but yeah, this is what's going on. Okay, so I, I, it's very precarious. Do you see what my mouse is sitting on? 
Do you see what my mouse is sitting on? A little handle. This is precarious. We are making the show work. F it. I'll do it live. Okay. So check it out. Malware botnet. This thing is all about Mirai. Mirai has been around since, you know, <laughs> 2015, I think. There's a really, really good Wired article on the kind of postmortem of Mirai. But guys, you can download Mirai from GitHub right now, various um, versions of it. It's super effective still. And the fact that two zero days are being exploited in order to build a botnet, which threat actors are using uh, as basically a timeshare service to um, DOS different businesses is kind of gross. Two things to point out here. One, it annoys the crap out of me that there's two zero days that have been unfixed for some time. They, I don't know the timeline on this, but they did say it's been a period of time. So shame on the vendors who haven't patched this. When you say zero day, it doesn't mean like, ooh, like this just dropped today, zero days. No, zero day means that there's no patch from the vendor fixing this thing. There's zero days since the patches happened, right? So zero days can be old, right? If a Windows XP vuln gets exploited, right? That's a zero, or I guess if a Windows XP vuln gets um, detected, that would be a zero day. That exploitation could or could not happen. So this is kind of gross. Um, did they mention what vendors? Because here's the TLDR. You actually need to take some action if you're running this software in your business. Let me look at this really quickly. Um, It doesn't say, I don't see the actual, um, I don't see the actual brand of, uh, oh, here we go. It's using Telnet, guys. Don't sleep on Telnet. Port 23 is not deprecated, okay? <laughs> it's still out there. And that's what Mirai was doing. Uh, 12,000 devices that use uh, Vacron. Oh, wait, this is from the screenshot. That doesn't help us at all. So I guess NVR is the actual brand. So if you're running NVR, watch out for that. If you want to set up a lab, you could, you could do it with NVR. This is basically Mirai 101. Mirai just randomly, uh, randomly generates an uh, IPv4 address range and tries to infect using uh, known default admin creds. The, <laughs> dude, here's the deal. Tell your business, tell your end users, tell your aunt uh, Donna across the Thanksgiving table to not use default creds on networking devices. It's so gross. Dude, it's so, gr like, my, my brother, he doesn't work in tech. I don't think he fully appreciates this. Rick, it is, I'm talking to you now. It is so disgusting when people roll out network technologies and allow default admins. In fact, shame on businesses for not, um, you shouldn't allow packets to flow through a network device until it's configured with a non-default password. Like that's, that's the hill I'm going to die on in 2024. So stay, stay tuned for that. All right. What are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, we got 254 of you beautiful people here today. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Um, we're going to do the mid roll now. Let's see how this works. Oh yeah, do you hear that? Are you got the audio on? Hold on. Hold on, we play Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me? Yeah, yeah, it's cool. All right, everybody, hold on. I got the wrong graphic up here. I'm all sweaty right now. All right, guys, hey, what's up? Wanna say, uh, <laughs> wanna say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors starting with, you know, obviously Barricade and Panopsi, but holler 
to anti-siphon training. Anti-siphon training is flipping the script on traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing not just high quality, cutting edge education on what topics matter today, but also the people who are teaching it are freaking awesome. We're talking about John Strand himself, Bo Bullock, um, Chris Benson, um, basically all people who kick major butt in the industry are doing the teaching and Oh, wait a minute. Did I forget to mention the best part? This isn't even a Black Friday deal. This is an everyday deal. Use the link in the description below. Go to Anti-Siphon Training. Go to Pay What You Can Training. And, oh, I'm sorry. What are these? This is $0 training that you can get from unbelievable practitioners in our industry. Go to the Pay What You Can Training. Go into their calendar of events and get ready to get all like pants off, all greased up, baby oil style with what John Strand's doing here at the end of January. We've got back-to-back -back sick training, active defense and cyber deception, 16-hour, four-day class from John Strand on how to do honey nets, honey pots, just straight up, um, just frustrate the crap out of threat actors. And then coming hot off the heels on that, February 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, another 16-hour class from John Strand, Sock Core Skills. This man is getting his miles. Um, he's filling his cup of uh, righteousness. Uh, yeah, look at this John Strand. That's right, my brother. My brother just uh, coffee cup cheers John Strand. I love it. So get on this, guys. You're gonna love it. Uh, believe me, you're gonna love it. I love I love what um, Black Hills is doing. Not to mention shout out uh, for the for the 254 people, 263 are here right now who showed up on a on a. Friday after Thanksgiving. Dude, I said this the other day in jawjacking. I am partnering with Black Hills Information Security to come up with some type of like brand new collab thing. I really like the deck of cards idea. Um, we got shirts, um, GRC uh, expansion to the back, back doors and breaches. Uh, we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So stay tuned to the channel for uh, just the amazing initiatives that we got going on. I want to say shout out to the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. L. Scott Munoz currently has the baton. Now, the Friday after Thanksgiving is a tough day for people to get in here. So, L. Scott Munoz, if you are in chat right now, let's let's take a look and see if we can sniff you out. Uh, no, you are... <laughs> nope, no L. Scott Munoz up in here today. Guys, listen, let me tell you about the challenge, and then we're going to pick somebody. If you want the challenge, please um, shout out that you want the baton. And uh, uh, Jenny, please, please uh, grab that if you can. Guys, here's the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. If you are in chat right now, one of the 257 people, and you want to blow up your professional network in a positive way, you want your LinkedIn feed to be meaningful, supportive, uh, inclusive, valuable resources in cybersecurity thought, then do the following. If you don't, it's cool. Go get another cup of coffee and come back in a minute. We'll get back into the stories. Here's the deal. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Go, hold on, my camera's not reversed. Go on to LinkedIn, search for this hashtag, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Once you've done that, connect with the people who are posting, read their post, connect with the people who are posting. These are real people, real, real community members. Connect with them. Then comment on their post. That's important. Comment on their post. Then connect with the people in comments. I myself find all sorts of new connections, great people. I'm blowing my network up. Networking is so, so valuable. And by commenting on their post, you are going to get connected by the next person who comes in who's connecting with the people in the comments. Five minutes a day, five minutes a day, two weeks time. I guarantee you it's going to be legit. You're going to love it. Um...
Well, okay, what, come on. El Scott Munoz? Munoz? What am I? I'm getting, I'm getting chastised over here about my pronunciations, guys. All right, let's, let's go uh, see if we can find someone in chat who wants to get the baton. I'm going to keep rolling. Um, hold on. Uh, rotten eggs? Jenny, can we grab rotten eggs up in here? Let me take a cup of coffee sip while we uh, sort this out. But um, I, I see you, rotten eggs. Mm. My brother made this cup of coffee for me. It's delicious, Rick. Thank you. All right. Let's. Oh, my God. Okay. Hey. Oh, I forgot. Hold on. We got the joke of the week. Rotten Eggs gets the baton. Nice job, Rotten Eggs. We look, Rotten Eggs, you're going to have to share your real name, though, because I'm sure on LinkedIn you're not going by Rotten Eggs. So we'll have to know what your name is so we can find you. Guys, joke of the week coming in hot. This one, guys, this one is from Callan. So normally Grayson delivers the joke of the week. James McQuiggan has been sitting in as a guest person. This one comes in hot from Callan. Okay, Callan woke me up this morning. He got up before me, okay? Let me change the screen here. Callan woke up before me and he said, Dad, Dad. I said, what is it, Callan? He said, I had a dream last night that I was in an ocean of orange soda. And I said, oh my gosh, Callan, that's crazy. An ocean, of or- uh, an ocean of orange soda? He goes, yes. But then I realized it was just a fantasy. Just a fantasy. <laughs> James McQuicken with the super chat. Let me know what you think about that one. Oh, hold on. James McQuicken actually sent some jokes to the mobile. So let's let's grab that too really quickly. Here we go. James McQuiggan, uh, uh, with oh my James. All right, hey, you know what? It's the Friday after. Uh, it's the Friday after um, Thanksgiving. So we're, we'll spend a couple of minutes doing these jokes. Why won't vampires attack Taylor Swift? Because of bad blood. No. Ah, All right. Uh, for the holiday season, let's get some uh, Thanksgiving jokes. Why was the tur- Why was the turkey asked to join a band? Because they could bring their own drumsticks, Rick. Jesus, come on now. They could bring their own drumsticks. Love it, love it, love it. Yep. Now, guys, for those out there who like cranberry sauce, whether it's out of the can or it's out of the, um, I guess, the bog, right, where cranberries come from, what do you call a sad cranberry, though? What do you call the cranberry that doesn't get put on the plate? A blueberry. Oh, ah All right, one more, and then we'll save a little bit for jawjacking. What was the best way to stuff a turkey? Serve them lots of pizza and ice cream. Oh, my God. That James McQuiggan might take the cake. Also shoved into the turkey. Final joke of the day. What do you call if you divide the circumference of a pumpkin pie by its diameter? This is a brutal joke. Pumpkin pie. Pie, P-I, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. And it looks like 256 people just dropped the stream. (laughs) Thanks so much, everybody. Let's get back into the news. Uh, Love the community. Love all that you guys are doing. Thanks for the jokes. Uh, uh, The real Bilbo dropping in here. Binary math is tedious. You have to calculate everything bit by bit. Oh, my God. So funny. You guys are crazy, crazy funny. I love it. All right, let's keep going. All right, let's keep going. Acrobat and Microsoft Excel. 
Cisco Talos Vulnerability Research Team worked with Adobe and Microsoft to patch multiple vulnerabilities in Acrobat and Excel that could lead to arbitrary code execution. Oh my god, so Adobe good. patched two use after free vulnerabilities in Acrobat, while Microsoft addressed a use after free vulnerability in Excel, CVE 2023-36041, as part of its monthly security update. Both vulnerabilities could allow attackers to execute remote code by tricking users into opening malicious files. Alright, so check it out. Um, couple things to pull away from here. One, Cisco Talos. I, I stand by Cisco Talos. I, I love... By the way, I see all of you guys <laughs> dropping your Thanksgiving jokes in chat. Love it, love it, love it. Keep pushing them. That's hilarious. Um, so, a couple things here. One, Cisco Talos. This is their blog. I'm a huge fan of Cisco Talos. There's a couple um, research groups in the industry who I fully respect. Cisco Talos is one. Palo Alto Unit 42 is another. Um, Google Tag, the threat actor uh, group. Uh, Google Project Zero, I, I really like. Um, it's just, you know, obviously it's it's a security research arm and it helps promote brand awareness for Cisco or Google or Palo Alto. But at the end of the day, it's really good security researchers doing really good work. So whenever something comes out in their blogs, I'm a huge fan. I love it. Now, what I want to tell you about this one, vulnerabilities in Acrobat and Excel. Guys, just because Excel doesn't run macros anymore doesn't mean that you should sleep on it. Just because Adobe Acrobat isn't like getting screwed left and right like it did back in the um, early aughts doesn't mean you should ignore it. Remote code execution is exactly what it sounds like. A threat actor could send you a um, an Excel attachment, and you know by opening it up, let's say it has a graphic inside the inside the Excel spreadsheet that is actually pulled from a remote server. It could pull that, exploit your machine, and now they have access to your box. Oh, hold on. Oh, I think the audio is way too low. Huh? I didn't turn the audio back up. So, sorry, guys. Here's the TLDR. Um, you got to You got to You got to patch it. Uh, I don't have that sound effect. Ah, you got to patch it. So, educate your end users basically um, on, you know, like this is really on a on uh, endpoint management to patch for the enterprise, but also. A lot of people, a lot of people use Adobe Acrobat Reader. A lot of people use Microsoft Excel. They're not saying that this thing is being exploited. Just because there's a vulnerability does not mean that it's being exploited. Just because you leave your front door unlocked does not mean that you've been, excuse me, mean you've been burglarized, okay? So it's really important to understand vulnerability does not mean exploitation. Exploitation means that there's a vulnerability that is also, that is now being exploited, but you've got to... <clears throat> you got to be mindful of that. Uh, the final thing I'll say, and this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but you know, as many of you know, um, I really do enjoy uh, educating and teaching. So for those, this is a little bit of a deep cut, but I want to point this out. They say use after free vulnerability really quickly. Um, what is a use after free vulnerability? This is a common um, kind of archetype or, or type of uh, vulnerability. In binaries, right, when you're running code, when you're running executables, they need to allocate memory, right? So any computer running any program, whether it's Acrobat or Excel, when you launch Acrobat Reader and you're reading your PDF of like the menu of what you're having for Thanksgiving or your, your nephew sends you their Christmas list and you double click it and it's a PDF, Acrobat is running on your computer. It needs to allocate 
memory in order to be installed, like not to install, but to run, right? So you could right click, look at processes, look at running apps and stuff that is in memory. Okay. Now we have tons of Ram and you know, that, that allows us to run multiple programs and crap like that. But here's the deal. When you are running a binary, it needs to allocate all that memory. But when it frees up memory, right? Like let's say you have like 50 PDFs open and then you close 49 of them. It, all that memory, it no longer needs. And because the operating system wants to be mem using memory allocation and, and being responsible to allow memory to free up to be used for other applications, it will um, it'll release it. Now, there is an opportunity where at, at, at certain points when it releases the memory, the binary is still pointing at that space in memory. And if you can hijack it, you can then put your own shell code in that memory space and then use the binary to point at it. It's kind of like a buffer overflow-ish, except instead of the traditional taking over the stack, you're leveraging memory that's been like deallocated, but hasn't been repurposed by the operating system. Because if it was repurposed and you pointed at it, you'd, you'd have like a seg segmentation fault because there'd be like applications crap in their pants. That is what a use after free vulnerability is in a nutshell. Okay. So I just, it's a little bit of a deeper topic. It's, you know, more computer science-y, but I just wanted to share that in case you guys, um, you see this and you're like, what the hell is a use after free bug? I don't, I don't know what that means. That's what it means. Okay. Let's keep going. Mozilla security updates for Firefox and Thunderbird. Mozilla has released security updates for Firefox and Thunderbird to address multiple vulnerabilities. Exploitation of these vulnerabilities by cyber threat actors could lead to them taking control of affected systems. Okay, <laughs> I guess that's the end of the story. <clears throat> okay, so uh, here's the deal. Uh, Mozilla releases security updates. This coming from CISA. Um, since we are obligatorily, by the way, guys, it's not a coincidence since BSEC and I curated these stories. It's not a coincidence that one of these is coming from CISA. Um, it is a Friday after Thanksgiving, which means it's a day it ends in Y, which means it's an opportunity to put Jen Easterly's face all up into the emotes. So if you are a squad member, please, uh, toss a coin to your Jen Easterly and thank you CISA for all you do. Uh, here's the TLDR, guys. If you're running Firefox, if you're running Thunderbird, which is the email client uh, under the Mozilla Foundation, essentially like an Outlook alternative, ah, uh, yeah, gotta patch it. That's it, right? If you're running it on your iPhones or Android devices, if you're running it on your Windows or your MacBooks, yeah, gotta patch it. Okay, this is wicked easy. Just go into settings update and off you run. I myself um, run Chrome, although I will be abandoning Chrome uh, in the near future as they're about to block uh, ad block and uOrigin, which is disgusting, uh, frankly. So uh, I'm not on board that train, so I will be getting off, but I don't run Thunderbird. I've tried it in the past. It's whatever. Um, TLDR, guys. A cyber threat actor could exploit. The key word here is could. They're not actively exploiting it. CISA's just being CISA. CISA's just being CISA and making people aware that Firefox has got some issues. And uh, go ahead and patch it. Ah, you gotta patch it. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right. So I don't have uh, the. Basically, I got one more story for you guys. Uh, I forgot to put it into the Poly AI. We'll talk for a minute, but uh, I guess I'll just roll on this one um, ham style or, or YOLO style. Microsoft no, now rolling out Copilot to Windows 10 devices. 
If you're running Windows 10, Microsoft is now rolling out the Copilot AI Assistant to eligible non-managed systems. So don't don't think that um, only, <laughs> basically only Carl <laughs> is going to be able to do it. You have to be in the Windows Insider program and running Windows 10 22 H2 Home and Pro Editions. Um, you can get this by going into Windows Update and applying it. If you are in the Windows Insider program, you know that you're in the Windows Insider program, that you don't accidentally get into the Windows Insider program. Um, also, ChatGPT. Shall we play a game? Um, I'm sure that this is literally just a... Um, uh, they're they're rolling it out in a stage process in order to just work the kinks out. I would be absolutely flabbergasted, stunned if they did not roll this out mainstream by uh, the start of the new year. N knowing what I know uh, about business, Microsoft is probably going to wrap up a huge um, marketing campaign. You might even see it, honestly, depending on how the rollout goes. I could totally envision um, a Super Bowl commercial around Microsoft Copilot. Windows runs on like 85% of all computers worldwide. So like Microsoft really doesn't need to do like a Steve Ballmer sweating through his shirt press conference um, about Windows because it, basically everybody uses it. It's not, they're not really getting a return on their marketing dollars. Uh, but with Copilot wanting to push it into the space, uh, it could be, it could be that. Um, so I don't know how what Copilot's going to do for Carl and users, right? Like, let's see what it says. In the screenshot, it says, where do people travel for culinary experiences? I'm looking for handmade furniture. Create a table that helps me plan meals. So basically, what it looks like is Copilot is basically embedded chat GPT. Woo! Like, instead of having to launch a web browser and type something in, you'll just be able to type it in natively on your uh, thing. Yep. BSEC is saying uh, this is going to be rolled out Q1 to 24 probably with Copilot. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. This is what I'm predicting, right? Super Bowl is always like early February. Um, it just, to me, Super Bowl is like a perfect time to, um, to, to uh, push this thing out, okay? Uh, again, you got to be Windows 10. You got to be on the Insider program. All right, let's do this uh, really quickly. If you were here just for the news, um, let me do this. Let me get some, let me get some audio. Hold on. Here we go. Hold on. All right. If you were here just for the audio, my brother Rick's leaving right now, so he must know that the news stories are done. Uh, if you were here just for the news, uh, genuinely appreciate it. Mods, let me know if the background audio is at an appropriate level. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Happy Friday, wherever you are. I want to remind everybody, uh, we'll do a little bit of jaw jacking, but um, I want everybody to know that on December 13th, I will be running a quarterly State of Simply Cyber briefing at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and basically, I don't know this, I, um, I serve the Simply Cyber community. I take that responsibility very seriously. I'm up here doing all these things, but at the end of the day, um, I do. And as part of my commitment to transparency and accountability, I essentially all hands meetings um, where I tell you what I've done, which should map up with what I told you in the last quarterly meeting that I'll be doing. I tell you what I've done. I tell you what you can expect in the next 90 days, the next 180 days. And I answer questions from the community. Again, 
no one told me to do this. I don't know what I'm just making this up as I go, but I do the things that I think is right. And I do the things that I think I would want if I was part of a community um, that I'd want to hear from the leadership at that community. So that's what's up. So if you want, come on out December 13th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, there's a, you can save the date or whatever if you go to the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. Also, just looking at the date, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but I, I'm, I'm like 90% sure I am doing the Black Hills Information Security Anticast one-hour webinar that day. And I'll be presenting my Game of Thrones keynote talk from um, Charleston B-Sides. Basically, uh, what Game of Thrones can teach us um, from... What Game of Thrones can teach us about cybersecurity. Um, link, please. Um, all right, guys. Hey, before you go, I got one more thing to share with you. Pretty exciting as soon as Josh Mason drops a link in chat. And then we're going to do a little bit of jaw jacking. Look at this. Jack Scott's in the house, people. Jack Scott getting the uh, the wow here. Let's let's bring uh, let's bring let's bring this on straight on stage. Oh, thanks so much, Jack Scott. Appreciate it. Hey, Chris Young, good to see you guys. I hope now we're gonna slowly pivot into jaw jacking as soon as Josh Mason gives me a link I want to share with you guys. But um, I'm in the mobile studio, obviously. Uh, again, I'll show you guys what the mobile studio looks like. This is me, Jax, if you missed it. This is me right now. Uh, right? <laughs> this is me in the corner of my aunt's office, um, just kicking it. I want everybody to really pay attention to this part right here. Got the coffee. I'm, I'm precariously positioned on a, um, a, a bench handle um, doing my show here. And uh, obviously no socks. We, we don't wear socks uh, in the Simply Cyber House. And then, uh, yeah, here we are. I got. I took a shower this morning, guys. So smell a vision if it if if and when it comes, uh, we're gonna be rocking and rolling. All right. Um, all right. Let's 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 jaw jack for a minute, guys. I didn't get a link, but uh, Josh Mason and Simon Lindstedt are gonna be live streaming today at three o'clock. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know where they're gonna be doing it. I don't know anything else other than what I just told you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Josh Mason entering the wrong. Entering cyber the wrong way. Okay, here we go. This is a link. If you want um, to hear from Josh Mason, community member, Simon Lindstead, uh, Brit, and community member, and about entering cyber the wrong way, come check it out. I'm going to drop a link in chat. And there you go. Come check it out. It's going to be awesome. Hey, Techie Rav. Good to see you. All right, guys. I'm going to... Um, if it makes sense, let's hang out. It's nine o'clock on the dot. <laughs> it's nine o'clock on the dot. We're going to jaw jack a little bit. Are people up? Kids up? Okay, kids aren't up, so we're going to keep hanging. Yeah, are you serious? Oh, my God. My brother Rick just agreed to make me another cup of coffee. I don't typically get this type of action. Um, you know, once the coffee's done, the coffee's done, but... Rick's fueling the fueling the car up, um, the car being me. I'm an Autobot in this uh, scenario. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. How's everybody doing? How was your Thanksgiving, guys? I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. My aunt made dinner. It was sick. I'm actually, uh, without getting into too much detail, um, I'm going to be cooking a, a, a quasi-Thanksgiving dinner on Sunday night for my immediate family. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm getting some requests for my brother to move into the B hole chair. Obviously I persist in the A hole chair. Uh, haircut fish, AKA Dan Reardon coming in hot question. How do you create attainable goals and track them? I feel like goals I've made have gone by the wayside, just trying to be better. Okay. Haircut fish. Good question for me personally, for me personally, and guys, you know, please, uh, anything I do, uh, you know, copy it wholesale if you want, or take it and refine it to be your own. What I do is at the beginning of the year for larger goals. Okay. And I, I, I could show it to you if you wanted. I don't, I, I don't know how I would do it really right now, but for larger goals, I make a uh, spreadsheet. Okay. And I think haircut fish, I think like what are my goal? Like, what are my categories of goals? Okay. Like, do I have, like, for me, I have family goals, right? I have simply cyber business goals, right? Like get a hundred thousand subs by the end of the year, for example. Right. Um, I have personal career goals. Um, and, and, and basically I try to pick like two or three and thank you, Rick. I try to pick two or three and be practical and realistic about them, right? I know people talk about smart goals, um, Dan, but for me, I try to make realistic goals that are a bit of a stretch, but also achievable in a way that I can see, okay, how would I go from here to there? Like if, if I were to say like, oh, 